There are a few things that are different today. The presence of the Paschal candle, which was lit for the Easter vigil. And the Paschal candle in the sanctuary represents the presence of Christ in our church. It's been blessed, and there are four marks on it. And the marks indicate the wounds of Jesus. There are marks for his hands and feet, and one for his side. So five marks. And inside each of these is a little bit of incense, a custom that has come up from the church through the centuries. At the end of the homily, and during what would, would normally be the creed, we will have a proclamation of faith, which means I will ask you, do you want to renew your promises in Christ? And as we say yes and repeat the words of the creed, you'll be blessed with water. Blessing with water reminds us of our Easter promises. So today is like our miniature baptism. All of us are be, being able to renew our baptismal promises in the presence of Christ. When you were children, and if you weren't, even if you were baptized as RCIA members, each of you received a small candle, it was a Paschal candle, in miniature. That was your one to take home. And the tradition in some families is to light that little miniature candle on the feast of their baptism or the birthday of the child. Here, this is our Paschal candle, the parish's Paschal candle, Christ's presence in our sanctuary, in our lives. So today, we have a lot of different aspects of celebration that come to us through the centuries. When it first happened, I can just imagine how out of sorts those women were. Go to the tomb, it's not there, thunder, lightning, angels, and all that. Could you imagine how confused they were? Believe me, it wasn't like a, a holy card picture. You know, the angel sits down and everybody says, oh, it's an angel. They must have been scared out of their wits. <laughs> you could fill in the blank there scared out of their wits, didn't know what was going on. They were going to a tomb to anoint the body of Jesus that wasn't yet completely anointed, according to the customs of the Jews, because of the speed with which it was taken down from the cross and put into the tomb because it was the Sabbath. They didn't know how they were going to move the rock. And you know what? There is more than one narrative of this story in the Gospels. That's why today the, the scapula of this vestment has the four evangelists. Because each of the evangelists records it differently. And say, well, why, if they're trying to prove something, why do they record it differently? Because each of the evangelists wrote many years after the event. And what they were relying on is verbal tradition. How did, how did you hear it? How did your sister hear it? How did your mother hear it? How did, how did the people in the neighborhood hear it? And each of the four evangelists gathered their good news gospel. This is not history. This is not biography. This is good news, a specific kind of proclamation. And they wrote it according to their hearts, according to how the Holy Spirit influenced them and gave them the gift 
a rational composition. So if you read the four evangelists, the story of the resurrection is different in each one of them. No author could capture it. No evangelist could say, this is exactly what happened, and I have proof for it. Didn't happen that way. No one saw the stone rolled back. They saw the stone laying there afterwards, and we hear one gospel in which John and Peter heard from the women, and they took off and they ran to the tomb. And John, the evangelist of that gospel, says, the one whom Jesus loved, talking about himself, looked in and believed. Because the Holy Spirit had not yet hovered over them and embraced them and gave them the knowledge of what really happened. Peter, the leader of the apostles, went in and said, what happened here? Something unusual, the burial cloths were there. And the burial cloths were shrouds that covered the whole body and a separate shroud over the face. Normal tradition, how to bury people. But John says the shroud was folded up and put on the side, and the facial shroud was folded up and put in another location. That's the fact. That's what got him to understand that Christ had been risen, that no one stole the body. There wouldn't have been that need if they did. That no one pulled the stone back. But God's intervention and angels pulled the stone back. We have a lot to thank Jesus for, but this day is the number one day for which we thank him. Because this day gives us insight into God. One of the phrases sung the other day during the, the scriptures of Good Friday, as Jesus hung on the cross, you remember, he said, into your hands I commend my spirit. And then he bowed his head and died. I want to use that phrase for us today. Into your hands I commend my spirit. With that phrase, Jesus gave him, him, his whole self to the Father in death. And on the third day of his death, he rose. Father said, thank you, but I don't want you dead. I want you alive because I want your word to filtrate the whole world. Into your hands I commend my spirit. I would challenge and invite all of us to use that as our daily mantra, as our daily prayer. Think of the importance of it. God the Father receives the life-dead body of his Son. And his Son is taken down, buried, but the Father raises his him today. Into your hands I commend my spirit. The confidence that Jesus on the cross, don't forget, he was a man. Yes, he was God, but he was a man. And on that cross, he suffered as a man. Did he know he would be resurrected? He spoke about that in the scriptures, but we don't really know what he knew as Jesus the man. Jesus God 
Yes, he knew all things from the beginning of creation. But that's a concept you and I don't understand 100% because who's ever done it? Who's ever been born as God and man, as one person? Only Jesus. So we put the pieces together that he and his disciples and his evangelists gave us through the centuries. And to recall the gift that he gave his father, the confidence of that gift. Now picture it. He's dirty, disgusting, bloody, spit upon, naked, hanging on the cross in front of jeering people. Of course, Mary was there and John was there. They're crying like crazy people because he's, he's gone. And he says to his father, amidst all that pain and all that embarrassment and all that aggravation, even as his heart is breaking to watch his mother crying at the foot of the cross, into your hands I commend my spirit. We all have that spirit. We all have faith. Little, great, doesn't matter. We all have faith. We've been baptized into the body of Christ. And each of us has God's spirit within us. But we don't lose our own self when we're baptized and become one with God. We have our own spirit. And we're in control of that spirit. <laughs> If I talk about sin, you'll know how much control we have. We who sin, and we all do, know that I'm the sinner. I'm, I, I did that. I said that. I committed that action. So we, we, we know about the weakness that we celebrate, our necessary sin that needed us to be called by Jesus forward. We all know that. So I'm going to go someplace else instead of focusing on our weakness, but on our strength. On the fact that when he lowered his head on the cross and he gave himself over to the Father, he invites you and me to do the same thing. He invites us to place our trust in the Father, to place our doubt in the Father, to place our confusion in the Father, to place our joy in the Father. Into your hands, God. Think of it, each of, of us saying these words in our own hearts. I commend all that I am to you. And we're not perfect. So we're commending God our weakness. We're commending to God our faith. Think about it. Think about saying that as a daily prayer, as you begin your day. Oh, there's many traditional prayers that we recite as Catholics and many in, in the books that we can still learn. But this is a quote from Jesus. And if we could use that mantra, wow, how we would change the world. Before I curse someone, judge someone, hurt someone, into your hands I commend my spirit. Maybe we have, we have to refine it. Into your hands, I commend my personality. Into your hands, I commend myself. However you word it, I think we all understand what it means. The self-giving of Jesus to the Father is now our invitation to enter his resurrection.
We already share his eternal life and resurrection. In a few moments, we'll renew those promises in the waters of baptism. But at the heart of all of our striving and achieving and prayer should be the words of Jesus. Into your hands, I commend my spirit.